Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show, here we have Mr. Steve Sherman of Next Level Fitness coming to you from Colerain, Ohio. Steve, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm excellent. I'm excellent, man. How you doing, buddy? I am doing very, very well. I'm excited to to dive into this and and pick your brain. Steve has been anywhere and everywhere in the fitness industry, and this is just the latest iteration of his experience from a business front and from operating a business within the fitness industry. Steve, obviously, we're here to talk about next level fitness and and what you guys do day to day and and moving forward. But before we get too deep into the strategy and the tactics of all of that, talk to us a little bit about how you got here, right? What is your backstory into now being a gym owner? Well, man, um, I might not look that old, but um, <laughs> back in, um, man, back, back in probably about, I'm going to say probably back in, like in 2000, Three, um, I used to work at a, a gym called Fitworks. It was in a, it was in a Cincinnati, Norwood, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I was just more of basically the, the front desk guy. Um, as a kid growing up, though, I was more into the fitness aspect. I played high school football. I played a little sports in college. Um, I was always a gym rat. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue with me, even when I was in college, I would always do my homework. Like, you know, how people go in the library and do their homework or, you know, I would do my homework in the gym, like on a bench press, something like that, do some sets and back in the gym. Um, again, back in about 2003, uh, four, I was over at a place called Fitworks, got a job over there. Uh, I was opening up the club early in the morning. I was cleaning up the gym a little bit. I wasn't a personal trainer at all. I was just, you know, just cleaning up the club, uh, yeah. but I was a gym rat. And so it got to the point where every member of the club knew me. They knew I knew every piece of equipment in the gym. And people questioned, you know, how to use this, how to use this. And I'm just doing customer service. I'm showing them how to use lots of machines. From there, I went from a little scrawny uh, 141-pound kid to like about 215-pound, you know, more muscle. Uh, But from there, um, they never had a personal training company inside the club. Uh, So uh, about... About a year later, they wanted to bring a personal training company in. Um, and when they came in, literally the owner of the company said, listen, Steve, we'll take the test for you. No one signs up with us because they everyone's dealing with you. Yep. So time passed. Uh, Ghost Gym came to the city. Uh, when Ghost came, um, a person gave me a call and they wanted to offer me an opportunity. I went over to Ghost Gym. I was uh, became a certified personal trainer, took off, got, got great in sales. And then from there, Literally, like in two, 2005 and six, where I was at goes, I literally just wanted to step out on faith and create my own club called Platinum Fitness and Personal Training. Yes, sir. So I stepped out on faith and created my own club uh, for many years. It's been going from anywhere between 2000, 2005, 2006. Um, and so from there, just in and, you know, back and forth, you know, uh, it'll be opportunity like a LA Fitness will come into the city. They wanted me to run a club. Uh, different gyms are coming to the city. I might, take an opportunity to try do it, you know, and then kind of phase off and just go back and tell, you know, stand into my gym and my lane. Mm-hmm. But from 
um, uh, opportunity came in the city. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Kevin Blankenship came down from Columbus. Uh, he has a chain of gyms called Next Level Fitness up in Columbus. Um, and he was opening up two clubs here in Cincinnati. Uh, my mentor, uh, it's called, uh, the company's called Swartz Laboratories, uh, Mr. Jim, Jim Riggs, um, he gave me a call and said, this company's down, man, you know, we told him a lot about you. We know you're in the gym business. We want to give you an opportunity. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be a great meeting for you. So I wound up meeting up with the gentleman in the space where I'm at right now. And uh, when I met up with him, it was empty in here at the time. So, you know, he asked me to run his club. I told him I was more of a personal trainer by trade. I'm not a more of a member rep guy, more of a personal yeah. trainer, but I'm known in Cincinnati. Um, so from there, uh, I'm known in the fitness industry really, really well. And I'm uh, literally, I'm a mentor, motivational speaker, um, and a court advocate for Stop the Violence through all the communities in Cincinnati, Ohio. So I deal with sure. students also. Yeah. So from there, he wind up, uh, he gave me an opportunity, you know, I did pretty good, you know, just for running this club. But again, I wanted to do, you know, I was just more to the point where, man, I want my own business. So right before COVID hit, you know, he wasn't doing so well here. He did nothing against him. He just doing, he didn't yeah. do any. Yeah. Uh, he advertised heavy in Columbus. Um, so from there, I said, man, let me buy about 25 pieces of your gym equipment. I'm going to open up my own thing. And the opportunity, that was the day me and sat down. He said, man, I think you will be great if you take it over. I'm like, Listen, dude, the equipment is over a half a million dollars. Like, I've never been in that type of lane. That's a big purchase. Yes, yes. So, with, you know, just, you know, from there, I just stepped out on faith, man. You know, it was a situation where, you know, the Lord spoke to me. My uncle brought up something that, you know, that they talked to me about in church one day. They see me in a position owning, owning a big chain, chain of gyms. So, I stepped out on faith. And by the grace of God, to this day, I don't owe a dime on the gym equipment. It's all paid for. Yeah. And so here we are, right? Like you said, a couple of different stops along the way. And it really, I'm sure that plays into how you run this business now. I'm sure you picked up a thing or two from each of those stops in terms of what you liked, what you didn't like, and what you think is going to be successful in the business. Talk to us a little bit about the business now, right? What is, what is kind of the, the bread and butter? What is our meat and potatoes service that you guys provide? Okay. The meat and potatoes that we offer here at uh, Next Level Fitness, man. I mean, it's, I, I look at, I don't know if you remember that show called Cheers, where everybody knows your name. It's a yes, family. So, so this is more of a family. This is, this is a family oriented business and it's, and it's more of a ministry. Um, the thing that I do that most clubs, well, gyms now, they, they walked away with uh, daycare. We still have daycare. Uh, mm -hmm. Another thing, have basketball. Uh, the membership fees is $22.99 a month. You're allowed to bring one guest every time you come. Just okay. one guest. Um, and so this is more in the, in the realm of like open gym, people paying their monthly dues and coming doing their own workout, right? That's kind of, if we're to right. slap a label on the business model, that's, that's where things are at in terms of focus, right? That's right. Okay. You mentioned twenty two ninety five. I mean, you, you've been at a number of different clubs. I don't have to tell you that's a bit below what average would suggest for this type of facility. Why that price? Why not more? Why not less? Well, what I learned when I first uh, when when they first came to the uh, when they first came next level first came, actually the price was I think it was uh, it was either thirty nine or forty nine a month. 
the only thing I was trying to explain to Mr. Blankenship back then, because uh, because you like literally less than man three minutes away is Planet Fitness. Mm. Um, literally less than six minutes away, uh, it's Fitworks. So it's clubs all around here. So you know, it's it's just like if you have McDonald's on one corner, Burger King on another corner, and Wendy's on the other corner, and White Castles, you still competing on burgers. You got different burgers, but you're competing. Um, the name of the game is is uh, the name of the game that I learned in business. You have to you have to create the right dollar amount to catch the right kind of buzz. Once people walk in my facility, they're already sold. But then again, the main thing that nothing against other fitness centers. Um, um, I, I'm not I'm not the I, I'm not the the Gold's Gym um, brand to the point where if you're allowed in the gym, I'm a you know you got to get out and go home. In my club, I'm used to the Gold's Gym mindset. You can bang weights in here. I want you to work. Yeah. I want like noise. I'm a I'm a noise guy kind of a guy. And so with the number being twenty two ninety nine, you know the goal is I, I you know the goal is if you you know if you get ten people off twenty two ninety nine, the turnover ratio is just a lot more greater instead of going $49.99 or $39.99 to the point where people say, well, I can go down the street and I can go down the street to Planet Fitness to get $10 a month. Yeah, and so, I mean, you you think that you can get a greater volume of people in at this price rate? Is that the... Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so right. talk to us a little bit about that volume and that capacity then. How many members do we have currently and how many do you think that you could have in the long run? Well, well, my, well, my end goal, um, my, always my end goal is 6,000 members. That's my end goal. The okay. only, you know, the COVID, COVID was a battle. COVID was a battle. I mean, I, I know as well, you know, if, if, if me, I'm, I'm a health, I'm a health nut. So I know, you know, the, the end I'll say I'll deal with COVID is health, health and wellness. So being in shape, being healthy, eating, eating better, living better. Um, so gym, I'm always say yes to gyms. Um, it's just, that's always the issue. One minute, you know, you have a member here. I mean, one week you might sign up 15, 20, 25 members. Uh, the week later, you might have like eight of them, well, not eight of those, but you know, down the road, eight members cancel. Why? Man, I'm sick. COVID, uh, that's always been the issue since COVID. Oh, yeah. Is it, yeah. Nobody you know, has a hundred percent retention. There's people get sick, people get new jobs, people move, whatever it is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so yes, sir. obviously, obviously the goal is to outpace that with new signups we want more people coming in than people leaving right to get to that goal of six thousand. we know we want to be net positive talk to us a little bit about the marketing that goes into that right you mentioned the previous owner focused on advertising in another market and so what are you doing here and now to get more people in um the thing i learned back then when i first started in the gym business uh, i call it we call it guerrilla marketing i mean you know, uh, back 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 then, you know, you you can you know you can put stuff on commercials and things like that. A lot of people just this this era now doesn't you know they don't watch as much you know as much TV as we as we think. They're always on their cell phone. The cell phones mm -hmm. they take. So I mean, we do a lot more guerrilla marketing to the point where um, when I started years ago, I would up and down the street, up and down the street, up and down the street. So Coleraine is the is the biggest township in in the city of Cincinnati. So. This is a business district. You have to get out here in guerrilla market. You got to get out with the flyers, the paperwork. Uh, some Saturdays, every once in a while, we have a boot camp on a Saturday, and we're up and down cold rain with like 20, 25 members. And we got flyers in our hand, water. And we would work this whole cold rain strip mall. And right in the middle of that, we're all up in business and let them know who we are and what are we doing out here on cold rain. 
that's one of the things that I learned working for the city of Cincinnati because uh, me, I'm always in all five districts in the community passing out flyers as far as jobs, education, expungements, things like that. So I do the same thing here. Um, another thing that I do, I do a lot of, um, um, I do a lot of um, job, uh, job fairs, health, job and resource fairs. So I do things a little bit different. So, I mean, when you put jobs in the thing, in, in, anything in the air, resource fairs, health and wellness, you know, people tend to come. Um, Cause a lot of people, well, a lot of people look for work, but now, you know, it's, it's the, 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 the main issue is, the main issue that I have in my gym business is it's hard to find good help because you can hire a person for two to three weeks dealing with COVID now, I guess. Uh, people yeah. are three weeks, man. You know, you, you, you'll you sign up for uh, uh, pay, pay things coming out to, come. you know, you got to do all these, sign up this paper, this 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 new uh, employee, they got to fill out the new employee packet. You get them on payroll and three weeks later they walk away and it's like messing up your money. You know, that's the issue. Yeah. Steve, you're not the only gym owner that, right. that experiences that. You'll have a whole lot of people that listen to this interview down the road that that I'm sure feel that more than anything else that we've talked about so far. And so staffing, of course, is always going to be a challenge, uh, especially in this labor market. I want to get a little bit into the, the marketing and, and a little bit more tactical. You mentioned really pounding the pavement, right? Getting out in front of people, shaking hands, dropping flyers, making sure that we're finding ways to get in front of people. But one of the things that you said is, is this newer generation of buyers more often on cell phones than anything else. Have you guys taken any kind of digital approach yet? Yes, absolutely. So I have a YouTube page. It's called Platinum Fitness on the Next Level. Um, on my YouTube page, I mean, I, I literally, maybe, man, it's like it's like once once a month, once every other month, I will literally put a put a infomercial out about what we do here, uh, uh, and and basically, you know, it'll be uh, it might be uh, it's it's strictly about mental motivation. It's just again, like I said, when I grew up in the gym business, uh, I'm a motivator myself. So when I when I when I watch a lot of other gym commercials, or if I see CT Fletcher, if I see Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler. When they show them working out, you'll hear them talking on their backstory and it's just motivating and it's encouraging. Even like me growing up in football sports, T Terrell Owens, you know, Chad Johnson, a lot of these other individuals, you know, I just hear them speaking on motivation and that gets me going. So yeah. with my man, I, I just try to put it out in the atmosphere and I'll send it out to the airwaves uh, on the page or on, you know, or, you know, and I just keep, I'll just keep posting it, man. Keep posting, keep posting, keep posting. I mean, this, I mean, it's just, this era is totally different. Instead of again, watching television, they're more, the television becomes their cell phone. Yeah. And so this is on YouTube for you mostly. Are you repurposing and using some of that stuff on, on Facebook and Instagram too? Yes. Yes. It's heavy. I, I, before I post it on YouTube, I'll, I'll say, I always put it out on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. I post first and then from there it's all, you know, you know, I got a YouTube page, but it's always on Facebook first. Yeah. I go, that's my I first. You. And it, it sounds like, it sounds like this is more organic, right? Putting out content, letting people share it and, and like it and comment on their own. Have you thought about putting any kind of money in, in actually boosting or using these spaces for advertising? Yes. It's a thought. It's, it's, it's definitely a thought, man. I'm, 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 you know, one minute in the, in the gym business, I feel like I'm about to 
hit this climax and start moving up a lot faster. And then again, something about it, man, something about it, you'll, you'll, it'll take you like 20 steps back. It, it's something to, again, you know, my, my main carry, like we were talking about earlier, is, is, is my employee piece, man. You know, because I went from, you know, owning the gym, you know, you got to treat it like it's a baby. You know, um, you got a birth, you got to be there. And so, you know, I, you know, it's been four years since I've been here. But it's times where, you know, if you do hire a person that works uh, front desk time, I'm here every morning, uh, quarter to five every morning. So I open up at 5 a.m. Mm. So I, I go five to one and, 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 and come back from like four to 10, four to 11, sometimes at night. And, you know, I put 60 hours a weekend. Yeah. But right now, with, when you hire individuals, people just don't want to work, man. So now you're working 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like we I mean, gym owners – gym owners know right 80 90 hour a week schedules aren't out of the realm of possibility right if if nobody else is available you're the guy they call to step in and so it sounds like steve i mean you you've been finding a little bit of growth and then something will happen and bring us back we've been finding a little bit of growth and then something will happen and bring us back i want to i want to ask you and and sort of pick your brain a little bit you mentioned 6000 being the end goal when do you think that'll happen do you have like a a hard and fast deadline for that well at the time again hello you're good okay yeah again um at the time when we were moving up at the time before covid hit i mean it, it was actually doing great um Again, Mr. Blankenship put me in a position. So, you know, we were, you know, at the time I, I, I had a partner. I had a business partner with me at the time, and we were climbing up the ladder. But when I had a business partner, it got to the point where um, <laughs> once they put me in a position, uh, at, the time I, at the time I had a partner, he, he wound up, <laughs> he stole some money from the business, basically. It got to the point where... Uh, the joys of having a partner, right? Right, 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 right. It just got to the point, man, where I just had to just figure out and just, you know, and just have to grasp on the concept. I believe personally that the 6,000 members uh, will come. It, it, it's just one of those things in this in this gym business, man. You got to just, honestly, man, you got to just step out on faith. I just, I believe in the guerrilla marketing strategy, pounding yep. the pay down here and then still, like you said, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. For sure. You got to just keep marketing, man. Um, I know that the COVID thing is slowly but surely dying off. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is now it sounds like you have full control of the business. Hopefully we can say that we're coming out of COVID. Do you think that there's anything? What's the biggest hurdle that you see? What's the biggest challenge that you see here as you move forward? I mean, you know, I mean, the, my only challenge, honestly, man, is two things. I mean, well, you know, moving forward outside of COVID, that's one. And then myself, I just think it's, it's, it's on me, man. It's, it's just, it's up to me. If I, if I want to get out here and get to it, I just keep, I got to keep pounding the pain. And I, I mean, I believe that 6,000, I mean, I'm not, I'm not nowhere near close to 6,000 at all, but uh, I've been in gyms for years where uh, I was the training director. Uh, I've seen the membership base to the point where we found that we have, you know, uh, uh, 5,400 members. I'm like, wow. Okay, so, you know, from there, 
you know, we can sell personal training. Now we can make these numbers to the point where you get 200 members off of personal training clients and sell up to buy at least a $200 package. Then you're making great numbers on now and that yeah. way. And all. Do you and think that general membership is what's going to move the needle the most? Or do you think those kind of additional higher ticket services are going to be a bigger focus for you? Uh, or both? I, Honestly, when I found that, I think both. I think, you know, if you get the membership base, the more bodies we get to sit in front of, and, and I try to tell my staff, the more bodies we get to sit in front of, the more people we get to talk to. So, for example, if I, you know, um, I, I do I, I do a thing where if a member comes in, get a membership, $22.99, uh, right, why are they doing it? I have them fill out a paper, give me five names and numbers of individuals that you think might be interested in joining my club. They'll give me five names and numbers out of the five, I'm figuring, you know, I'll talk, I'll call five, four answer, two will come in. Mm. It's numbers based. So if two come in with those two, guess what? I'll get five names from this person, five names for this person. I got 10 people to call. You know, if I talk to eight, four of those people come in. And yeah. you just keep attention. Then from there, you, you know, from there you offer, you let them know about the, the services for, as far as personal training. Yeah. You let them know personal training service we offer two free personal training sessions you don't ask them for personal training i never asked the question you know uh is this something you'll be interested in I'll, just, I'll ask them when what's a good date and time to come in once i get to sit down in front of you and talk to you about nutrition and things like that and give you a a, a, a decent a decent amount of a workout to teach you about your body you're going to be signing something yeah and that's that's really the key right even mm -hmm. if our sales process isn't refined, even if we aren't closing people as much as we would like to, if we have more at bats, absolutely going to be a better result in the end. And, and so the kicker really is how do we get people in the doors in the first place? Right. That's, it. Sure. That's exactly it. Steve, I mean, you and I could go for, for hours and hours on this, but we'll have to save that for a second interview with you, man, before we start to wrap things up and, and sign off here, where can people go to find out a little bit more about the business? Is there a website? Is there social media? Where should they go? Uh, yeah, they can go on uh, next level fitness, cold rain Avenue. Uh, it, it's on Facebook. Um, and that's about it, man. You can give me a call at the gym anytime, 24 seven. Yes, we sir. To the point, man. Straight yeah. to the man. So yeah, again, they can That's call Rain Avenue, um, and just check us out, man. Again, the YouTube page is Platinum Fitness on the next level, um, and we just, you know, we, we're excited about what we're doing in 2022. We figured 2022 is our year, uh, the year of the wizard. That's what I call myself, the wizard, the year of the wizard. And I feel like we're gonna do something really amazing for what God is doing for us. Yeah. So we want to work in for whatever God got planned for. Hey, man, I'm excited to see it. It sounds like the, the passion and the conviction that you have in it are, are second to none. And so we'll have to get you back on for another interview a year from now and see where things go for you. But I, I really appreciate your time. I thank you today, Steve, and, and I wish you nothing but the best. All right. Thank you. Have a blessed one. Absolutely. And so to everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. 
You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Juan from Pueblo Boxing in Wichita Falls, Texas. What's up, Juan? How are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Thank you for the invite. Absolutely. All right. Let's jump right into the details here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to own your own gym? I started off sponsoring a gym. Uh, I met a friend and uh, he told me about a, a boxing gym that he was starting up. And uh, I just came in as a sponsor. I was in the dry cleaning business. Uh, I had a couple of dry cleaners and, and I just uh, started off as a sponsor and I just you know kind of went from there. I, I was hanging out at the gym all the time. And eventually uh, one of the trainers wanted to open up another gym. So we partnered up. And uh, that's how I got into it. Um, then I started coaching and I, and I really like, you know, just working with the youth more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's been about 22 years now that I've been doing it. Wow. Good for you. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, all right. So now what does your business model look like today? How do you structure things within the facility? Um, are you doing group classes? Are you doing one-on-one sessions, semi-privates, kind of walk us through the layout and how it all works. Yeah, for the first uh, 12 years, we were a typical boxing gym, I would say, uh, you know, where we focused on youth. We kind of ignored adults because, I mean, unless they were trying to fight professionally or something like that, we just, you know, we really didn't have time for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we focused all on youth, on competition. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't pay the bills. You know, it was, it, we were moving from location to location. Uh, then a couple of times we would uh, partner up with other gyms or, or use a space inside of their gym. When I moved to Wichita Falls, uh, I was in a community center and I was the head coach there. Again, the same model focusing on competition. And then I started seeing all the title boxing uh, franchises open up and I just, I started looking at it and they were hiring our fighters to be their trainers and I was yeah. like okay so I just kind of dissected the the model a little bit uh, of how they ran their classes and uh, I actually had a friend because I mean you know it, it's boxing is a very small community mm-hmm. and so when I seen one of my friends was a manager at one uh, you know I just basically paid him a consultant fee to come to this small town and and give us the blueprint of what we needed to do and that's when we switched over the model into the group classes um, before that, it was probably 80% youth, 20% adult. Now it's flipped. It's 90% adult, 10% youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the majority of our classes are obviously for adults now. And, and now I don't coach anymore because I focus more on like the, um, the products, uh, my merch. I have merchandising. That's really my real business. And so the gym is just one of those things that I've had forever. So I just kind of keep it going, but it's not like it's paying my bills or anything like that. Right. Okay. All right. So, um, you're focusing more so on your merchandise than the gym itself at this point, does the gym kind of take care of itself on a monthly basis? Is it paying, paying for itself essentially? 
definitely it's paying for itself and it gives me some income uh so on, on a good month uh maybe two thousand so mm -hmm. as long as it's not an expensive hobby which it was yeah. for the first twelve years uh i'm I'm perfectly fine with it uh sometimes honestly it's like now I have a, a manager but before that it was like mm, for 2000, I, I could go to a show and make that in a night. And it was kind of like, do I really want to keep it going? Yeah. Uh, I'm very fortunate. I have, uh, at this point, I have about seven trainers. Um, they all have a daytime job. No one does this for, you know, for a living or anything like that. Uh, a lot of them were, were actual members. And I just kind of, you know, grew them up over the years and groomed them into trainers. Um, so I'm very fortunate that I have, uh, you know, trainers that can run all my classes so that I could travel and, you know, do what I like to do. Mm -hmm. And now I got the gym manager. So she's really helping out a lot too. Okay. All right. Awesome. So then as far as your membership base goes at the facility currently, how many members are you serving right now? It's a little bit under 200. I think, uh, I should have looked at that number. I think it's like 191, something like that. Uh, Majority is female. Uh, I would mm -hmm. say 70% is female. Um, age wise, you're looking at 23 to 36, I believe is our demographic. So, mm -hmm. okay. So, is now uh, that's now your target market, would you say? Yes. Yeah. Every, yeah. every ad that we post, uh, um, you know, our advertising is always geared to that, that specific group. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And as far as growing the membership goes, are you comfortable where that number is now or are you looking to grow the membership, serve more people? Uh, where are you as far as that goes? Honestly, to maintain it, I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with where it's at. So I understand it's a revolving door. So our, we're always obviously trying to get new members not so much to get it up to you know your typical title from what i understood it was like 400 members which would be you know would be awesome mm -hmm. but if it's going to take my mind if it's going to take uh how could i tell you away from what makes me happy and away from what makes me the most money then it's not it's if this is our comfort level and this is where we can maintain it that i'm perfectly fine with it because it's taking care of itself uh it's paying my my trainers it's paying my manager pay keeps the lights on mm -hmm. and for most boxing gyms that's a success story because yeah. you know <laughs> most boxing gyms have to dip into their own pocket just to cover expenses and as long as they don't dip too much that's a good month mm -hmm. you know so yeah so on the on the topic of it being a revolving door so are there a lot of people that are leaving on a monthly basis so is it kind of like a lot of people are coming in but then there are also a lot of people leaving so it kind of just stays the same as far as the membership goes i wouldn't say a lot but i would say on an average month you know you lose 10 to 15 people and so our objective is obviously to replace 10 to 15 people i like to have at least uh three to six new uh people come in uh at least per week mm -hmm. uh you know so basically one a day more or less trying it out and then trying to retain all, uh, obviously trying to retain them and, and make them members. Right. Okay. So why do you think that is that there are, I mean, not a large amount of people, but probably more than you'd like, you know, it's like, we always want a net positive mm -hmm. and it doesn't seem like we're at that point right now. Maybe 
you know, at a point where we're kind of the same or we're yeah. losing more people some months. So why do you think that is as far as the retention piece goes? Well, I think one of the, the major things was that for a while, um, I just wasn't focused on the gym. You know, mm -hmm. I kind of let the members do my advertising. Uh, we don't post on social media. Um, so I just wasn't worried about it. You know, yeah. uh, I, I think that's the main thing. I have a manager now. She's continuously posting on the stories, uh, making, uh, replying to every email, uh, things of that nature. I still take a lot of the calls because, I mean, there's only, you know, four or five calls a day. And, and I feel like I'm pretty good at, at, at giving information. I like giving information about the gym. Uh, but eventually, I'm going to have her do that as well, just to take that off of my plate. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Um, so as far as the advertising, the marketing piece goes now, getting the word out there to more people, what does that look like? Are you running ads? Are you consistently posting on social media? How do you get those new people in the door? Um, honestly, right now, she, yeah, she's posting a lot on the story. She's, I think she's doing a great job. I mean, you know, she's, she's young and, and she knows how to, you know, uh, post stories and, and get people uh, to engage. Uh, I do that for my social media for, for the brand, but I don't, I don't, you know, do it for the gym. So mm -hmm. she's handling that. And honestly, it, it, again, it's the members, uh, the members are biggest advertisement, you know, um, just we, recently we had this one kid, uh, 19, 20 years old. I mean, he's probably brought a good eight friends with him. And so, you know, just following him on social media, I seen he liked Canelo. So I got him an autograph headband and some t-shirts and he's just like, man, I'm gonna keep advertising for you. You know, so I don't think there's any better advertisement than our own members telling other people about it. Uh, and, you know, we've been here in Wichita Falls 11 years. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I think we got the most following on, on social media. I think it's like 10,000 on our Facebook, all the other gyms maybe combined have that. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of complacent when it comes to the gym, <laughs> you know, I'm not really, I'm not too, uh, and maybe I should, you know, cause if, if it had 300 or 400 members, but I think it'll get, uh, it can get there as mm -hmm. long as I keep training my, my manager to keep doing her thing, uh, so that I could focus on what I want to do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, it sounds like you've got a, a pretty good system for, for the gym itself. You know, you've been there 11 years. That's no joke. You know, if you could kind of plug, I like to call it like a hole in the bucket as far as the people leaving on a monthly basis, you know, make that a little bit less and then acquire a few more people on the front end, you know, you could really get to a situation where the gym's more than paying for itself and, and still right. able to, um, it sustain on its own without you being there. Cause it sounds like your, your passion, your focus is elsewhere, but I mean, right. you know, it's, it's much cheaper to keep a client than it is to acquire a new one. Right. Definitely. So it's like, Definitely. even if you were able to keep a few more of those clients that you already have on a monthly basis, that could be a game changer for you there. Um, 
so along those lines, I have a couple of questions regarding that. So as far as your membership goes and the structure of the membership itself, are you on like a month to month agreement? Are you doing packages? Do you do any longer term memberships, whether it be six month or 12 month? How does that work? Uh, no, most members are on a month to month. It's $75 a month. Okay. Um, we do have specials that we run. So like we'll do like uh, buy six months, get six months uh, half off, um, you know, buy three, get three free, just uh, different promotions that we do to get the cash flow back up. If, if we're running low, we can just always plug a cell. Um, we have probably 5,000 people in our database. So uh, whenever I just feel an urge to get some cash in, I'll just, you know, uh, put out an email and reactivate some of those old members uh, to come back. Um, and I think, I mean, that's one of the, the big things is that we're not a, a pushy sales uh, kind of gym. Mm -hmm. We give you the two free days, let you try it out. We hear the horror stories of like, where they don't let you out of your contract. And ours is real simple. It's an email, it's I need to cancel my membership. That way we have a paper trail. Um, but that's really it. So that way there's no, oh, I called and I spoke to so-and-so, no. The email and it's in their contract i have them initial you have right. to email you know to cancel it um so i'm not sure that i kind of yeah. missed the question no 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 that's 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 what i was looking for and then um you know within the membership are there any other services that you're offering whether that be nutrition accountability um anything of that nature that kind of provides that next level of service that tends to get people even better results and then typically they stick around longer with things like that so are those services that you're offering as well no we're not okay. we do some we do some personal training mm -hmm. um but i mean i personally i rather just have them in classes you know because then i have to have the manager schedule with the trainers and yeah it's a little bit of extra revenue but most people get what they want from our gym from a group class the the yeah. only reason they're asking for a personal trainer is because in most cases they feel uncomfortable and they feel like no one's going to be around so i can learn some stuff with the mm -hmm. trainer but once they get in the class and they see everybody's focused on their own bag on their own workout mm -hmm. it's not a big deal so that's why i was having just try the two free classes if you still feel that you need the, the personal training we can set something up you know yeah terrible yeah. salesman even um <laughs> <laughs> even within the group classes you know uh, providing some type of nutritional coaching or help or accountability most people just need somebody like hey checking in with them you know like are you showing up are you sticking to your goals you know different things like that um you can do it in a, a simple way that's not too involved that still allows people to stick with those group classes but get like a little bit extra you know a little bit yeah. of that extra level of service and in mm -hmm. turn typically you know get some better results and once people see results it's like why would they leave you know like why would they stop doing that or they get the results they're looking for and they're like oh i can do this on my own and then they come back a couple months later um that's mm -hmm. typically what happens but yeah i mean i always used to have just group classes i didn't do any personal training or semi-privates or anything um but i did offer nutrition and accountability and there were a lot of people that really took advantage of that and that's kind of what helped them break through a lot of people experience plateaus or they're looking for something to kind of 
take it to the next level. Um, and that worked well as far as retaining people and just keeping them longer because it helped them get better results, you know? Um, so maybe something to consider. Uh, there are super simple ways to implement that without it being That's too much. That's what I was gonna ask you. Yeah. Um, you know, there are apps that you can even use to check in with people that take, it takes like less than an hour a day total, you know, to check in, make sure people are on the right track. Um, so simple systems that you can put in place to make that happen and make it easier. Um, and it makes a big difference, you know? You know, one thing that we did uh, not too long ago, a um, couple of months, uh, we put monitors on our bags. Uh, mm -hmm. It's called Impact Wrap. Yes, I've used that before. Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, to, to, for me, it's a great selling point. Mm -hmm. uh, and there is members that are like, hey, I need my points. My bag's not this. I changed out the batteries. But for the most part, it's, it's great to get them in. But once they're here, it's really the workout. It's really, that's just like an added bonus, whether we didn't have any electricity and the monitors went out. It didn't matter. They're going to still get their workout. Right. But it's great selling point it's a yes. great way to get them in the door right yeah absolutely um and then along those lines kind of circling back to that as far as getting people in the door have you ever done any type of paid advertising whether that be through google instagram facebook uh and if so what was your experience like with that um i did it in the beginning um, when I switched over the model, uh, from what we were doing to, to what, uh, the consultant, uh, taught me. Mm -hmm. And I guess it was just like the new thing in town. And so with just a little bit of a boost, the people would comment and, and, uh, I would do like a, a hoodie giveaway, a one month, uh, free, uh, membership for mother's day, for father's day, for it being sunny outside, <laughs> anything. Uh, and, and the engagement was just crazy. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know now if it's like, oh, it's just Pueblo Boxing. They've been here forever. It's, it's whatever. Uh, but, you know, even now, I mean, there's still people. It's, it's only 100,000, 105,000 people, but there's still people that hadn't heard of us. People, right. you know, so we yeah. need to. And that's why I'm just, I'm glad that I have this manager on board now that, that she can kind of take the reins of that day-to-day -day stuff because I just I don't I don't have the the desire the the will to to do it I mean I'm just yeah. I'm I'm good right yeah I get that I get that for sure um but yeah I mean if you've got your your superstar essentially in place mm -hmm. that does is kind of fired up about that stuff that does want to help it get exactly. to that next level sometimes that's what you need you know especially if yeah. for you this is something that's more so um I don't want to say like a side project, but it's something that's kind of just on the side for you. It's not what you want sure. to focus on essentially, you know? Um, but I mean, if you do have somebody in place that can handle those things and take it to the next level, it's like, Hey, why for not? Sure. You know? And we can, yeah. And we can do, uh, you know, good things. I mean, it served its purpose and I think it's, it's a part of my identity or it was for the longest time. But now that we're in all these other countries. It's like, nobody even cares about Wichita Falls. It's like, I'm in Puerto Rico, I'm in Cuba. I'm in, uh, that's the cool part of the story. It's like, yeah, okay. this is just one more location. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have other locations in other countries. Yeah, other locations, this is my only gym, but I have other locations. Like for example, in Spain, I have a, a friend of mine, uh, Danny Bueno, 
who opened up a Pueblo Boxing, but I sponsored his equipment. So I went over there. I've been over there a couple of times to help him set it up. Uh, you know, I took him all his punching bags and equipment. But now, I mean, he spends $1,500, $2,000 a month on merch, just buying T-shirts, hats. And I'm constantly coming up with uh, shower curtains, rugs, umbrellas, anything and everything that I can put my name on. Uh, and then I have all these gyms that, that buy the merch. So that's really what I'm passionate about, obviously, is just creating more merch and, and keeping the brand going. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's a it's a bigger picture for you now. You know, yes. it's it's a bigger picture. It's not just, you know, within your gym and your location. It's it's larger than that. And it's the brand sure. that you're focused on now. Exactly. Got it. Okay. So what you do essentially is sponsor other locations to open they're already open open. yeah they're most of them already open so i look for gyms that have been in business at least at least 10 years that lets me know that they've already discovered they're not going to get rich they're not going to make a champion overnight they're in it because they truly are love it and are passionate just like i am and so maybe they just need a little bit of help so i went to colombia el salvador uh you know all these different countries and and i just take you know two three thousand dollars worth of equipment but that transforms that that little gym. And then, you know, we paint it and put our banners up and put pictures of the other gyms and other locations. So now they feel like they're a part of something bigger than just that one location, gives them an identity. Um, and it just keeps helping us promote the brand. Right. Cool. Okay. And then your main focus is the merchandise and the brand itself and promoting that and getting that out there. Yeah. I think, I think every boxing coach gets it in in the beginning because they think they're going to make a world champion mm-hmm. and and it, and it just got to the point where something clicked in my head and I said if I just do all this work I'll probably get those champions anyways mm-hmm. it was a, a slight gamble but because I would have done it anyways but now it's like I have 65 67 world champions that that wear the brand from Sugar Ray Leonard to you name it uh they put on the clothes just because of the stuff that we've done in all these other countries and we did it before they wore all that stuff so we just grinded it out yeah uh, did the work and then that was like the the aftermath uh you know mayweather uh, canelo different you know world champions that now wear our jackets and wear our clothing uh at no cost right very cool Okay, so now I always like to ask about goals and big picture and where you're looking to take this thing as a whole. So Mm -hmm. what does that look like for you? What are your main focuses right now? Where are you looking to take this? I think um, I want to keep, instead of opening up Pueblo boxing gyms, like because basically these gyms that I go sponsor, they they convert and, and they use the name Pueblo Boxing Columbia, Puerto Rico, et cetera. What I want to do now is I just, I don't want gyms to change their name. I want them to keep their identity, but we want to go in there and basically put everything, the Pueblo swag inside of their own gym. So they can still have some identity, but they're a part of something bigger. And mm-hmm. so I've been doing that. And, and I just basically, everything's the same, except I don't make them change their name. I actually encourage them to keep their name. That helps because then it's not a competition. 
what happens is I go to boxing shows. I go to 90% of all boxing shows inside of Texas. We set up our booth. We're selling merch. If I have a gym in say Houston, that's a Pueblo boxing and they go up against another gym and they were to win, oh, I'm not going to buy nothing from them. And I, and I just heard that feedback. They would say, is this a gym? And I'm like, no, it's more like a brand because if it's a gym, I'm not going to buy it because I yeah. have my own gym. So just understanding that, uh, I just want to keep, now I want to do it locally. I went outside because I felt like I wanted to give something to people that quote unquote, couldn't pay me back. If I did it locally, it's like, oh, of course you're going to sponsor us because we buy your merch because, so I went to these countries where it's like, they could see no link. Why is yeah. he going to Nicaragua? Like, why is he like, they're never going to buy his stuff. I'm not doing it for you to buy my stuff. That mm -hmm. was my charity. That was my, my, my seeds that I was planting. So now I want to keep uh, putting gems, have them buy our equipment. We, we got heavy bags, punching bags, anything and everything for a gym, we manufacture. And, and I feel like what I'm seeing is these gyms feel like they're a part of something bigger than, than the one location. So when a mom and pop gym opens up and you walk in and, and they're affiliated with us and they see the pictures of the other countries, they see the world champions. Now they're a part of something bigger versus XYZ gym. Nobody knows about them, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Got it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it's almost like you don't, you don't want that affiliation with an actual brick and mortar facility because you want the brand to be accepted, I guess, at yeah. any location. Essentially. Yeah. Like Nike's sponsors a football team, but you don't change the football team's name. Right. You know? Right. We just want that brand affiliated with that, that football team. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. Yeah, that, that completely makes sense. So it's more so you're focused on growing that brand and getting getting your brand out to more boxing gyms, essentially. Correct. And if yeah. we can make them merch for themselves, if we can make them their hats, their shirts, they're like, man, if I, I love this shirt that you made for yourself. Can you make one for me? Sure. You know, you got to buy X quantity. A lot of times they can't. So by them being uh, affiliated with us, I have 10 different hats. You can get two of this one, three of that one, five of this one, versus if he were to make one hat for his gym, he has to make at least 100 to get yeah. that, that price point. Right. Versus affiliate yourself with us. You're a member of our family. And, and now you have merch in your, that's one less thing that you got to worry about. And I price it where I'm making two, three dollars per item. Like I even sell my shopping bags. I, I sell the shopping bags for 15 cents. They cost me a nickel. I'm making a little bit on everything, but I make it, I make them an offer they can't refuse. Yeah. You know, <laughs> make, give them, give them something that, that is affordable where it's like, man, if I were to try to do this myself, it would just cost me too much. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That completely makes sense. And an irresistible offer for them. Yeah. That's yes. awesome. Cool. Very cool. All right. So now one thing that I always love to ask every uh, business owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own facility or going their own way, starting their own business, what would that be? What is one of the most important lessons that you've learned over the years? I think being a value to people um, is, the, is the primary thing, right? And then I think that you have to obviously love what you do. 
um, even if you grow on to bigger and better things, um, you know, put the people in place that can take your, your position. But I think that providing a value and, and doing something that you love is, is fundamental. Mm-hmm. Then it doesn't feel like work. Then it doesn't feel like, hey, I only made 2000 but I love my gym. I, I love having it. I love the service that it provides for others, the value it provides for others. And if that's all it makes me, even if it didn't make me anything, honestly, uh, I'm perfectly fine because it's taking care of itself. The day it doesn't take care of itself, that's the day that I'll be like, wait a minute, you know, mm-hmm. something's got to definitely change. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, you definitely don't want to get into a position. I mean, you don't get in business to not make money, you know, right. it's like obviously and- you, you get into business for other reasons to help people, uh, et cetera. But at the end of the day, if you're pouring money into the business on yeah. a monthly basis, it really doesn't make sense to yeah. keep it open. And that's really it's, that's really hard for a lot of boxing gym in particular, boxing gym owners. Yeah. Because they almost look at it like something evil for you to profit from your yes. job. I'm like, guys, I'm not even asking you to profit. Just don't pour into it. You know, don't let it right. cost you. It's already costing you time away from your family. But now it's going to cost the. If you had $1,000, just $1,000, you could pay for your child's education. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, so slowly but surely, uh, you know, and that advice that I give them is like, that's what makes them want to to be a part of this family, because it's like, I'll visit the gyms and I'll just tell them, you know, the the title blueprint will work for us, uh, kind of like what you're kind of doing. And and that's how I make my friends, because it's like I genuinely care for them. I, I genuinely want them to be successful because I know that through them and through all these locations that I'm sponsoring, I can help way more than the 20 kids that I could have helped in my gym. You know, so that's how I look at probably like you, uh, how many people did you impact with your gym versus Mm -hmm. now consulting? Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's on such a a higher level, you know, and it increases your reach so much. Um, But yeah, you really, you made a good point there. A lot of gym owners in general kind of wear it as a, a badge of honor to be working crazy hours for yourself, making less than you would working 40 hours for somebody else, you know? And it's like, it's like you said, it's almost like they feel guilty charging what they're worth for the services that they're providing, which is crazy because you're taking so much time away from your family, other aspects of your life. People don't look at time and money the same, you know? And it's like, it's mind blowing to me because time is the only thing that you can't get back, you know? So all that time that you spend away from your family, away from any other aspect of your life, you know, you don't get that back. So not being afraid that that time is worth something you know and not being afraid to charge for your time is so so important so just trying to break people out of that is is tough and especially in the beginning you know it's like everybody you pour your whole self everything you've got into this business trying to make it work and then after a while you start to realize like okay you know my time is worth something you know you figure it out after a while but yeah i mean in the beginning that's that tends to be what happens and then you're spending all this time and then like you said pouring money into it additionally on a monthly basis and doesn't put you in a very good position i don't know how it is for other fitness people because I, I, I mean, I don't really have fitness box uh, gym owner friends, but I know for boxing gym owners, it's like, one, this is what makes me happy. And I'm like, I get it. 
and 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 we've done the the comparison is like, look, somebody will buy a, a classic car and they'll put, you know, 20, 30, $50,000 into it. I'm doing it to my gym. I totally get it. But I'm saying is if you stop running it like a bootleg nonprofit and just ran it like a semi nonprofit, you'll still be way better off. Right. You know, for the first, you know, 12 years, uh, I was in warehouses. It was sweaty. It was, it was nasty. Now we're in a nice little air, air condition. We got showers uh, and they look at us like bougie, but it's like, <laughs> hey man, it, it pays the rent, you know? Yeah, so right. We, we definitely want to convert our, our, at least to have some group classes. And they're, they're slowly coming over because they're like, hey, you know what? I could do a couple group classes here and there and still mm -hmm. have my competition team. I'm like, yeah, of course you can. Right, yeah, absolutely. And what a lot of, um especially within martial arts itself, it's like a lot of times gym owners open gyms because they have a specialty. You know, it's like they want to work with fighters and that's great. It's all well and good and fantastic, but that niche is very small. So to be successful within that is very hard and yeah. it's very hard to make enough a lot of the time to keep the doors open. So if you can balance having some general population training, whether that be a fitness kickboxing class or, you know, some type of group exercise or something geared more toward the general public that isn't looking to fight, that is still interested in boxing, um, you know, just to provide some stability and pay the rent and keep the doors open. It takes a lot of stress and pressure off of you as the business owner. And then you can focus more on what it is that you enjoy doing and not have to worry so much about being there tomorrow, you yeah. know? So I know a lot of times it's not exactly what they open the business for or what they enjoy doing most, but hire a trainer to teach a class, you know, mm -hmm. teach a few classes a week, even with that and acquire some members on that side of things that just provide you with a solid foundation and stability, you know, and then you can focus more on what you like to do and, and not have that stress constantly hanging over your head of how am I going to pay my bills? Yeah, not only that, but when one of the when one of the fighters, it could be a trainer, like you take one of your boxers, you make them a trainer, and then that trainer has a competition. Now you have 200 people that could potentially go watch him because they they like his classes they yes. like his energy so it, it's a it's a full circle of benefits that yes. that will help you know and once i mean it doesn't take a rocket science when you explain it to them it's like oh okay yeah that that makes sense and then i think what they cringe at is when they see the grandma that she doesn't tuck her chin in when she's throwing the jab and, and different things like that but you get right. used to that yeah <laughs> you know that it's like a Zumba class, you know, you don't have to be a world-class dancer to, to enjoy and have a great workout. Right. Yeah. I mean, as long as somebody's not going to hurt themselves, then it's all good. You know, they're moving around, they're burning calories. That's what they're there for. So yeah, I mean, just kind of getting past that initially, once you get past that, it's like, but I get it. I know. I mean, I get that it's, it's hard to watch that in, in some yeah. cases, you know, but it's like, you just have to realize that that's not, that's not what they're Even there then. for, you know? Yeah, but even them, eventually, like anybody, if you, on your first day of Zumba class and after you've been there three months, you're going to start, it's inevitable to get better yeah. technique, you exactly. know, so, yeah, they start seeing that, 
and they're like, oh, okay, and I'm going to be able to pay my rent. I, I don't want to have to hear it from my wife, yes. et cetera, et cetera. The benefits are uh, forever. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. It, it's a huge game changer. And it's an easy solution, you know, because it's like a lot of times you already have the space, you already have the equipment. So it's like, just do that, make it happen, you know, mm -hmm. even try it out and, and just see how it goes. But it's just, it takes just so much pressure off you as a business owner. So I highly suggest that to anybody listening, you know, who's in that situation, add in some general fitness group classes, hire a trainer to do it or do it yourself a couple of times a week, you know, what's a couple of hours a week teaching a class that's going to provide stability for you for the entire month, you know, exactly. like it's a, it's a no brainer there for sure. Awesome. All right. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, the gym is Pueblo Boxing WF. And then the brand is just Pueblo Boxing on Instagram, on, on uh, especially on Facebook. It's just look for Pueblo Boxing at Pueblo Boxing, because if you type in Pueblo Boxing, all the different locations and countries will start popping up. But the one that just says Pueblo Boxing, that's the official one. Perfect. All right. Pretty straightforward there. Awesome. So Juan from Pueblo Boxing in Wichita Falls, Texas. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you, Bria. I appreciate it. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Top Flight CrossFit in McKenzie, Tennessee. Tico, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing fantastic, sir. Excited to have you on. Um, you know, CrossFitted or CrossFitter, talking some business, some some growth, helping communities. So let's get into it. What's Top Flight all about? So Top Flight, the main, the main thing for me, like when I got into this, was be able to educate people, be able to be that uh the difference between what is what is around here, what do people offer as far as health-wise, healthy-wise, healthy lifestyle, uh, and I'll be able to offer something uh, that they don't get anywhere else um, and just be able to provide people to live longer. Longer, better lives, right? It's funny you say educate because uh, before we go into a lot more about the gym, I want to talk about your background, um, 
you know, education is something else that that you're involved with um, from your continued education, educating athletes at the university level. So give us um, the relevant background as far as how you ended up here, how you got into CrossFit, how you got into being an owner and how that works into your life with the other stuff you're doing. All right, cool. So for me, uh, basically, well, like I'm from Costa Rica, um, the capital of San Jose. In about 2009, uh, I've always played soccer. That's been like, that's like the number one thing. That's what we do at home. And I got a scholarship to come play at Bethel University. I didn't even know what Tennessee was, nothing. I have no idea. Uh, when I came here after four years, uh, I graduated. And then within my first year of working, um, I started doing some uh, personal training with a, a soccer uh, client of mine that wanted to be able to come and play to university. Uh, so I asked her, Hey, where's, where's your gym? What do you do? Back then I was just doing global gym stuff only, right? Like typical. And she said, Hey, I go to this gym. It's called throttle bodies, which was here in a, a town, Paris, uh, Tennessee, which is like, I don't know, about 20 miles from here. I said, cool. Uh, so let's just meet over there, whatever. And as soon as I got there, I got just shocked by uh, like old school gym type, like look like a Rocky type of gym. Yeah. I came in and there was like an instructor just telling this and everybody was just like in the zone. Like, man, I want some of this. And that was like my first introduction in, like into CrossFit, that being able to do that. She kind of like took me under her wing, uh, the owner, Tracy Bethune, a uh, great, great teacher. And I got hooked. And this was in 2014 and I've been coaching ever since um that's basically like what i've been doing i've been coaching in, in different gyms in kentucky uh and in nebraska I coached for a little bit when i was over there coaching uh, at a university level and then after that like i said i went to kentucky for about five years i coached for two three different gyms over there great people by the way in west kentucky paducah that's a great area if you're ever there uh great gyms and then i'm back now at the university how, how life works. I'm back now here. Now I'm the assistant coach for women's soccer. And and I'm the owner here at the gym here, McKenzie. And I'm trying to be able to do the same first impression that I had to other people and be able to get hooked and, and try to help them out. Awesome. So you, you really came full circle with that. And yes. not not podcast relevant. Maybe we'll talk about it on the, uh, off the air. But actually, my older brother lives in Paducah, Kentucky. So Ooh. not a lot of times does that come up wow for somebody on here but yeah kind of a, a small world no matter what I, you think. I lived there for five years so it's a big chance is he a crossfitter uh no no he's not into <laughs> athletics at all so it's <laughs> a big chance i still know him though i was there for quite a good, good time so there's cool. a chance but so all right so you came back to town um got involved with the local crossfit gym yes um started you know working your way into that and then Basically, as of about three months ago, you became the new sole owner of Top Flight CrossFit. Yes, yes, I did. It's been uh, uh, it was not expected. Not that I would never want to have a CrossFit gym before, but it was not within my plans. It kind of like uh, went. It was on my path, and I said, "You know what? Let's do it." I had a great conversation with my wife, and she's the reason why we. we we're on this because she she's definitely my best supporter and everything that I do and, and especially with this gym she's she's been big I would not be able to do what I do without her so um now we're trying to be able to make it 
the best we can. And that's, that's what we're trying to striving to do. Yeah, for sure. So let me make sure I have all this covered. You have the gym you're running. You have the soccer team you're helping coach. You're in a master's program. You're doing additional work for your soccer coaching. Wife has a job. You have a bait, well, uh, a young one at home, another one on the way. And hey, let's buy a CrossFit gym too. What the heck? So (laughs) you guys have a lot of free time, I'm sure. You know, you sit around, you know, doing nothing, watching a lot of Netflix. Um, You know, I think it's super important that you, at this point with everything you have going on, um, you know, people, people talk about different partnerships and different things that work and don't work in business. And specifically in the micro gym community, um, we see so many successful couples doing it. doesn't mean it's the only way. It doesn't mean it always works. But if there's a shared interest in fitness, wellness, helping the community, you know, doing stuff like that, um, at least initially, when you have to put in a lot of hours, a lot of work on your own, it helps when the person at home is aligned in the same direction, knows why you're doing it, knows that you're impacting community, building a future. Like, I mean, you said that, that she, her buy-in with it was basically the, the main driving factor that put it over the edge for you to do this and continue to do it. Uh, yes. And for a couple of reasons, um, well, first of all, we both have the same major and minor. We have a major in PE and, and minor in health. So we go through the health route. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a coach. So I'm basically almost kind of like a teacher already, like within, I mean, the correlate. And also my, my wife is trying to be a teacher as well. So we have that kind of like nature, try to care, try to be able to uh, instruct people, be able to help them out. Um, it also helps that we both have a, a very big athletic background. Uh, she also played uh, soccer for the school. That's how we met. Uh, we've been, I mean, it was my sophomore year, her freshman year when we met each other here at the, the university and we've been together ever since. Um, it is a lot of work. It is hard. It's not easy. Uh, the partnership just for, I'm, I'm, we're very happy that obviously it works, but it's, is never sunshine and roses all the time. It's always like, it's because we all have our opinions, obviously. We have things or visions that we want to be able to take uh, the gym towards. And, and like, for example, we're trying to be able to do a, a competition in June. And there's some different stuff, like some different ideas that we're just still trying to still pen and paper because we're not 100% okay with each idea. So um, it helps us out that we have like kind of like the same drive. We're very stubborn. But at the same time, we try to be able to accommodate to each other. Maybe self, maybe my wife more towards me than me towards her. Uh, that's one thing probably I need to work on. But uh, uh, it does help because the stuff that she does to help me with the gym outside or behind the scenes, like as far as like, like social media, that takes so much time. But it's so, like it's, it's such a work that you need to be able to get that stuff done. It's such an important thing to do. Um, being able to make sure that uh, some members are taken care of or some members are missing here and there or whatever, or, or they're, uh, they haven't been as active or trying to reach out and stuff like that. Somebody they have that I have right next to me remind me of the stuff that I have done that I have not done and stuff that we need to, that she would like to get done. 
uh, it just keeps me keeps me grounded and keeps me on my toes to make sure that I'm able to clear all the boxes. Yeah, awesome, man. It sounds like you're, you know, you're you're very aware that it's not going to be perfect all the time. Like it's not all puppies, sunshine, and rainbows. But you're figuring out the dynamic as you go, finding out which which roles each one of you can do better at with your schedules, with your skill set, and in making that work. So. Um, I want to talk about some of the things that you've done, um, work to put in place, uh, because you were involved with the gym as a, as a part owner before January. So it's not like you came in January and snapped your fingers, but a sole owner since January. But, um, one of the things that you've worked on has been staffing. Um, you have, uh, you coach your wife coaches, you have a new coach coming on board or, you know, somebody that's, uh, going to get certified that you're going to train and then, um, and then, you know, somebody else that, that does some fill-in coaching, but even so much as this, this new coach that you have coming on board, uh, what were the traits, you know, characteristics? I believe you said she was somebody who was involved in the gym, has been around CrossFit for several years. What were some of the traits and characteristics that you looked for that made you want to bring her into the fold as an actual coach for your gym? Uh, for me with her, well, I've, like I said, I've known her for a long time. Uh, I think I even coached her son probably about five years, probably longer than that, probably 10 years ago or so, uh, soccer. Uh, so that's how I met them. Uh, great family, uh, great people to be around, and always wanting to help. I think that's the main thing, that she was always, even whenever she is in the middle of the class, which we all know like, that's like a, an iffy topic whenever you have members coaching other members. Mm -hmm. uh, but with her, she never wanted, she never wants to like step or overstep, mm -hmm. uh, but she wants to be able to help. So whenever she knows like somebody's struggling and there's a coach, like I'm paying attention to some, some other people and she's over there and she knows that she actually, what she's going to tell them is right. She tries to help them out or she comes back and said, Hey, I think this person needs your help. She's struggling with this, this, and this. So immediately I can tell that she had an eye to be able to identify some of the problems. Uh, maybe she didn't have the answer for all the problems, which is not, that's the reason why we get certified and all that stuff. But it's like she went out of her way even doing her own workout to be able to want to help people. And that for me, that, that is big. Uh, somebody that cares about others without... Uh, I mean, just put in some of your time because usually that's, we get one hour a day and that's it. That's our hour and, and, and we need it. And she didn't mind to put that away. So that is big. Uh, also the fact that I already know her from before, like I already, I already know, uh, like I said before, I was able to coach her, her, her son. Um, so we had a relationship prior to it. Uh, and I'm, now what I'm looking to do is be able to spend some time with her one-on-one -on -one or even uh, assess her during, during classes for me to be able to uh, see how she uh, conducts a class, what can I help with, get some feedback back and forth and, and try to be able to, to grow. Awesome, awesome. So there was a lot of observation, a lot of things that you just in being in the groups together or, you know, whether it's you or one of the other coaches, just getting her feedback and recognizing that not only was she interested in it, that people around her were also receptive to it, the way that she would deliver it, the way that um, she would interact with people. It all seemed like the potential was there. It just, we needed to layer on some technical certification to, to bring it all together. 
yes, yes, and that that's big. Um, we all, I'm a, and, and kind of like off topic, but not so much off topic. I'm a huge believer, and again, this this my my uh, pissed some people off. But that's just the way that I am. That's what it's the way that I believe that my thought process is. I do believe, like to like some point, you need to have some type or something else besides your level one for you to be able to coach. I think the more background, the more, uh, um, I guess, rounded you are as far as knowledge, how the body moves, how everything goes, the better. So for me, be able to, like you see a lot of the times, which is, is to, people just go there and go for a weekend, get certified, then the next day they open a the gym, but then it goes more into that, knowing how the body moves and all this stuff. So it is my responsibility for me to be able to, if I get new people, new coaches that they don't have that type of background for me to help them out. Because just because you don't have them doesn't mean they're not going to be able to help you or I'm going to scratch them out. No, because at the end of the day, I'm hiring a person. If that person has the traits that I want to, and they're able to be in line with what I want to see the vision, then I take it within me to be able to help that person to become the, per the coach that I envision them to be. Um, but that for me is like, it's like big for you to be able to, just because you have a level one doesn't mean that's it. And then the other side of the coin is I've seen people that they don't have a level one and the amount of knowledge they have, it's insane. So it's just, it's just part of it. Like for me, it needs to be kind of like a balance in between them two. And, and I hope I'm able to provide that to not only her, but to the future coaches that I'm able to, that I would like to have. Yeah. And I think it's a lot easier to get somebody with the right people skills into technical certification than vice versa. Yes. You know, so I'm on the other side of that and it, whether you've seen it yet or not, you will, there be people with a wall full of certifications that can't interact with another human and it doesn't do you any good. People don't care if you have a hundred letters after your name in 20 plaques, if you're not, if you can't connect, if there's yeah. not any way that you can communicate with people. So yeah. absolutely. I think it, it works both ways and being able to identify that this early on in your career as an owner is definitely going to give you, you know, uh, a solid foundation going forward. That's, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that I'm able to just try to, like I said, change lives and educate people. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk about through like client journey in, in, you know, the natural pro progression of business, um, especially in a, in a fitness service business, you're always going to have people coming in, always going to have people leaving, you know, trying to, trying to be on the good side of that scale is, you know, the, the constant effort that we have to put in. So first and foremost, you as owner now, what type of things are you doing to generate interest in the business, marketing, advertising, events? Uh, what are you doing to get people to raise their hand and say, hey, I want to come check you guys out? So um, first and foremost, that's probably the weakest part of me being an owner that, that I have. And mm -hmm. actually, even with, with my wife, we're not very good at that. Um, obviously, we are working towards it. We're working, trying to get better at it. And uh, we are looking for some other, I guess, I guess for, for some more help to be able to do that because I think we're able to, we're very good at keeping people once mm -hmm. we get them to the door, but it's, it's just getting through that door, right? It's just trying to get people in. 
so right now, for example, we got a, uh, first things that we did was just try to get a nice, a cool flyer for be able just to hang out kind of like old school stuff. Uh, there may be like postcards that we might even to mail and some stuff. That's one of the, the first things that we try to do because right now we still, there's still people in this area, even though we're in a very small town, people don't know that there is a CrossFit gym. People know, some people don't even know what CrossFit gym is, or if they know what CrossFit, what a CrossFit gym is, they have the bad uh, connotation of it. Um, we are, we did like, again, our first, uh, kind of like competition within our own building uh this past january literally like as like we talk of here was a, a week prior of me being full owner also a week after uh we had the first competition uh which with against all odds it was amazing it was very very good uh the reception we had that the, the people the feedback uh, people from all over west tennessee west kentucky even people from from illinois even some from missouri came in which was good. It was it was very very good, and uh, and the competition went well. It was very very good. So and then, right now I'm looking to see like that's been the buzz that not only us coaches at the gym went in, but like the community around it. It was like oh wow, like this is pretty cool. A lot of people came in, look at the gym. Maybe it's not great for everybody to come see competitions because if you have I don't know. Karen, whatever, 50-year-old lady that comes in and see that, it's like, yeah, I don't want any of that. Um, but some type of population that wants to be within that environment, it helps us out. So I'm trying to be able to get uh, the normal people, I guess, the regular people, they come in, they just want to get a workout in. That's the part they probably need help with. Um, with that, the way that I'm trying to do now is, for example, in about two weeks, I'm hosting a nutrition clinic open to everybody. For them to come in, uh, a lot of people, especially in this area, and we're in the south, West Tennessee, people don't know about food. So uh, I'm not, I'm not a, by any means uh, a certified nutritionist, dietitian, however you want to call it. Uh, but I'm willing to be able to uh, share my knowledge or whatever knowledge that I have within that that has worked with me, that I've seen that have worked with different clients for me to be able to educate people. Um, and again, we can, we can get into that a little bit, basically for that stuff, I'm trying to, I'm not the type of guy that I'm going to tell you, Hey, you have to do paleo. Hey, you have to do this on that. No, it's just basically to people, people to understand it. Everybody has, everybody has different objectives. Everybody has different ways to do things and things to work for you. Things don't work for you. So I'm trying to, again, give them tools for them to experiment and be able to see, to get, get them goals. That's one thing I'm trying to do, trying to invite people to come in. Um, we have another competition in June. Hopefully we're going to be able to get the same people, hopefully more middle of the summer. They're going to be able to do another, uh, and th those are the type of things that we're trying to do. Um, trying to get activities. Um, this past open was the very first open of the gym. Uh, the gym has been open for, uh, more than a year. Um, last year's open, uh, the uh, old owner didn't and like he didn't want to get into which and all that lack of time whatever we just we just didn't do it uh i honestly i even went to a different gym to do the open stuff uh because the, we just the culture was not here it's still mm -hmm. well, i'm still working on that and this year was the first first time doing it and many helped uh, i got people in they came in watch and friday night lights and they loved it and and some people signed in after that 
Um, but again, it's not moving the masses that I want uh, to. So maybe you can tell me that's a good thing or a bad thing because I know, I know you have, you shared with me like within a year, you had more, probably three times the amount of people you had from the very beginning to where you, you end up with. Uh, so I don't know if there's a blessing that I'm just adding a few every now and then. Um, and then from the other part, the other side of the cone would be normally we don't have people to to leave uh, as far as because they're not happy with the service. It's just basically more lifestyle stuff. Either, man, I kind of come in the afternoons this spring because of my girl has tennis practice or whatever or tennis games. So I, I, I'll have to miss so many. So I have to, I want to put my membership on hold until I come back or because of work, this and that. So we have, we've been able to add up, but then we just, some of them fell through the cracks because of personal stuff. So we're like, we're within the same number. And that's like, I'm trying to be able to just reach for a little bit. Like if I want to get, and we all know that 10 new members is a big thing. For me, at least where we are, like having 10 new members, that would be kind of like a, whew, man, we're done, we're good. And and then just keep working towards it. That's where we're struggling now to be able to probably get more people in, I would say. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to give yourself a little bit of a break here, only being, you know, sole owner for about three months. So I don't think you can be doing everything all once. And it sounds like a lot of the work that you've put in so far has been setting the foundation for as new people come in, the culture is in place. You have the experience set up. There is, you know, you don't want to pour water into a leaking bucket, right? Yes. Then you're not, you're not doing any, especially in a smaller town. Now, I know that you get inflow and outflow of people because the university population fluctuates, but still small town service business, you have to make sure because if, if you don't have your foundation set, two or three or four people come in if they have a bad experience. Everybody in town, even if they didn't know you before, they're going to know you because probably everybody knows everybody or pretty close, right? Two degrees of, of separation out there. So I think you're doing the right thing in trying to make sure that you have your experience nailed down, um, everything kind of your house in order before you start trying to scale up and bring too many people in. There's always things that you can layer on um, and, and that's probably as you go, but it sounds like at least most of the basic steps you're taking are, are in the right order. So um, for the I people, have, go ahead. I have another one for you, which okay. is something, which is something we can talk through here. We can talk later on if you want to affair, but I haven't found a way for me to be able to link the population of the university to go to the gym because we're talking about crossfit prices here and then you gave those prices to a college kid which is again that goes more into kind of like the business side that i very very well lack of i'm, I'm not very good with that with the numbers part i'm trying to get better at it but it's more of a like i'm trying to be able to figure out ways for me to be able to get people students literally students and especially in a school like this that, i mean what 90 percent of the students are athletes so but i'm with that i'm fighting against the free membership of the gym here at the, at, at the university or uh the 20 dollar membership at a gym across the street as well like you know like that's that's the stuff that i'm uh that i'm fighting against that 
maybe some people will be able to have even like feedback for me or something because I'm try still trying to figure it out. I don't know how CrossFit gyms within college towns do it to be able to bring, or if it's just something we don't target. Oh no, it, it is definitely something you can target. So yeah. I got to work this backwards. And if anybody's listening and you don't like math or reality, this is not the episode for you. <laughs> if you like, if you like to hear things that'll show you how awesome your business could be, listen and do this math and wherever you're listening to this from, I can guarantee it will apply to you. Um, your gym, right? Let's talk logistics is about 5,000 square feet. Yes. Have you ever considered if you could wave a magic wand and people just ran to your gym from all corners of the county, how many people could you hold and give good service to at a maximum? I will say I can have 15 people. Like, for example, yesterday, like at 5.30 p.m. at 15, the gym looked full, but I was able to run, I was able to run the, uh, the session uh, properly for the whole hour on time, all the movements, I was able to teach it. Everything was good. Uh, for me, I've been doing this for a while. If I have a, like a new coach, I probably 15 now, but yes, for me, 15 per class would be, would be good. Maybe the sweet spot will be 10 people per class would be great. Okay. Um, Let's be conservative. Let's call it 10. Most CrossFit gyms can have five to six classes a day. Okay. And that's usually when it, we're not going to talk about, we may not even have time to get into other things. So let's say five classes a day with 10 people and we're being super conservative. Here. That's 50 clients. The average gym goer in the micro gym world is like a little over three times a week that they will actually attend. So if you're, are you open six days a week or seven days a week? Just about Sunday's just an open gym, but yes. Open gym. Okay. So let's say six days a week. If you could, if you could fit 10 people in a class and you know do five classes a day that's 50 you can usually roughly handle about double whatever you can in one day probably more but to be conservative so that's 100 members right okay if you had 100 members how would you feel about your gym if they were just 100 people just paying your monthly membership Man. not doing anything else i'll be in the moon you'd be in the moon right <laughs> yes. that doesn't include maybe selling nutrition coaching uh personal training, semi-private, right? Still, that's five yeah. hours a day, right? The, the gym, you pay rent 24 hours a day. Not that you can have people in there all the time, but you know, not including maybe having a personal trainer or two in there for the off hours. There's a million things. But if all you did was get 100 members paying your monthly membership, you're over the moon, right? You're, you're excited. You're the happiest guy in town for sure. So for, for people listening, you're probably not in a smaller town than Tico is. It's about 5,000 people. Yes. And then the university is probably another 5,000 people. Uh, no, a little bit less. A little bit okay. less. Yeah. Okay. So let's say, let's say you're in a town and all you have is 5,000 people. You don't even have the university. We don't want everybody. We don't need everybody. Mm -hmm. How do you get 100 people or 150 people? It's, it's not that many, right? It's like, if you had 1% of 5,000, right? That's, you know, it, it's like when you start looking at his percentage. So the thing is, you just wanna reach the tiniest percentage of people in your area. Mm -hmm. So whether they're college students, moms, dads, lawyers, doctors, 
you know, garbage men, stay at home, uh, virtual, whatever it is, right? There's probably a hundred people in that, in that area that can afford to pay hundred, hundred and fifty, $200 a month where most micro gyms are being. So we have to, I have to get people to wrap their head around that first is, you know, you don't, you don't have to have everybody. Yes, of course. Um, when you don't have to have everybody, you get to start looking at who do I actually want, which is, it's a position of empowerment, right? I want the people that have the freedom that they can, does your gym have like shower facilities, things like yes. that? Yes, okay. we do. So, you know, now you have open even more flexibility, right? People can come and work out, then go from your gym to work or gym to school or whatever it is. There are a certain amount of people who just want to go pay $10, $20 a month to go to a Globo gym. There's probably 10 to 15% easily of those people who, if they knew there was a better option, would pay more, right? People, people will pay for more attention, for better results, to not have to walk around the gym going, uh, I'm just going to do this thing I saw on YouTube. So um, I think realizing that you don't need to get that many people, if you look at it a percentage, puts you in a good position of power. When it comes to targeting them, um, really, where's everybody's face all day, every day? We're an audio podcast, but I'm, you know, I bet you, if you think about where, well, you're a busy guy, but most, most <laughs> people are spending a good chunk of their day with their face glued to their cell phone, right? Yes. You got to be where people that are. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, right? Depending, right? So what percentage of the kids in that college are on TikTok half their day? Everybody. Right? And then you get a little bit older now and it's Instagram. And then you get a little bit older and it's Facebook. Facebook. Right? Now we have these three generational platforms. It, there are a million ways to get people, right? You can do free social media. You can make posts. You can spend all your time engaging everybody who likes your posts. You can send them a message. Everybody who follows your page, you can send them a message, right? Real conversations. So you can do that with any type of social media if you have the time, right? And it's more or less free. Your time has value. Right? I don't like anybody to ever tell me, oh, it's just my time. It doesn't cost anything. It costs you a lot. You can't get time back. But you can leverage all of the platforms for free. And then if you want to supercharge it, you just pay them, right? You can put ads on TikTok. You can put ads on Facebook. You can put ads on Instagram. Then you can target people. I want uh, men and women that are 25 to 45 years old who like Lululemon, Nike. You know what I mean? You can start targeting people. Yeah, now. Okay. Like, Facebook and Instagram, right? You guys, anybody's listening, shit is creepy. They know what you like. They know how much money you make probably, or at least how much you spend. Like, you know, so to, to pull, to be in front of everybody at once, like I see gym owners do billboards, do, do, you know, flyers in restaurants, try to hand out business cards, try to put stuff out um, on cars in the mall. And you have no idea who owns any of that stuff. You don't know who lives places, you can look at a nice car and maybe they're into sports, but maybe, you know, maybe they don't give a crap. Like there's a million things. So um, I think no matter what in fitness and especially most of our listeners being, you know, gym owners, um, social media is where people's faces all day. If you have all the time in the world and you want to engage with everybody, 
by all means, do the free stuff at least, right? Have, have consistent branding, put a lot of posts out, show your members in a good light, show the type of people that you want to attract. And then if you want to hit the fast forward button, you put a little bit of money into Mark Zuckerberg's pocket, or I don't know who owns TikTok, so I can't throw a name out there, but you put a, you put a little bit of money in their pocket. And if you do it right, a lot of money comes back to you. So Ooh. my, my, my customer acquisition soapbox there is first figure out how many people you need. And then when you realize how little it is now, if you're listening and you have, you know, a, a box gym, like an anytime fitness or a big gym where you want to have a thousand or 2000 members, right? If you have a big gym like that, you probably put it in an area with the bigger population, you can still get that many. And then you have the low price advantage. And then there are still going to be people in your gym who will want to pay you more. But, um, you know, for a gym like yours specifically, Tigo, it's like, how do I get, you know, 50, 60, 70 more people that I really want that are going to be the type of people who want to come to me for what I offer, coaching, consistency, community, culture, all those things. And then it's just like, okay, how much is this going to cost me? How quickly is it going to pay me back? And then how long am I going to be profitable for hopefully forever after that, then it's, you know, now I have more money to pay coaches. Now I have more money to have cool equipment. Now I have a 401k now. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like some people want to get out of their regular job. And um, I guess we can wrap up with, with goals here. Um, what does that look like for you? Your wife is in the business. Like you want to be, you know, you're in for teaching and coaching. She's in for teaching. Um, do you guys see the gym as like a plan A, plan B, a side thing where like, if you did have a hundred members or 120 or whatever, would either of you, would that become your, your full-time career? Or do you guys think it's always going to be, no matter what your passion is going to be in the teaching. And then this might be another revenue stream. What is, what is that big long-term again, if you could wave a magic wand, which usually just looks like hard work and, and smart choices. Like, what would that look like for you? For me, my number one thing, uh, it is to become a head coach at a university, mm -hmm. uh, the soccer program. That's, that's one big thing. Hopefully the plan is to be able to that happen here with where I'm at, with my alma mater and to be able to do it. Uh, it also helps out that my wife's family's from here. It's literally from Paris. It's everybody's here. So, uh, we're we're very comfortable here uh, where we at in the town. I see. I don't want to say that the gym would be Plan B. I think it's still it's like Plan A, like A point one, if you want to call it. Yeah, uh, I get it. Because it, it goes along with what I do, with what I have, with 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 my time as well. Uh, coaching university gives me a lot of freedom as far as time goes. I don't have to put in the eight to five hour, uh, eight to five days, whatever, five times a week. I don't have to. Now during soccer season, I travel quite a bit, uh, but it's all about our coaching staff back then and how to plan everything's down and everything. So I'm able to be able to make this as big as I can, which is, that's my goal in, in, in not only big, but just good. I want the, the quality for you to be able to do that, to stand out um, without being letting go, which is my dream, which is become a head coach for my wife, my wife, this, this is, I got nothing wrong about it. Like you mentioned, this is kind of like a plan B for her. She's literally doing it. I mean, she likes it. She lost CrossFit and that's what she does. But, uh, 
she'll be okay if we don't have the gym eventually if she can focus on watching her teaching which again that takes more time that is something that she has to go every day and everything uh but she loves being part of it and i think she would like to be continue to do this and help me as much as i can uh to be able to to make it so um obviously i mean we became gym owners to to make a profit um we just which in the within the first year i know it's a lot of hard work and it's maybe not a lot of thing is is uh, gets back to the same time that you put in with the same equal amount of money they were looking for. Uh, but we're, we're trying to be able to enjoy the process and trying to be able to, to keep it, keep it steady. Awesome, man. Well, it's good to hear that you guys have, you have a, a pretty good idea of what you want your future to look like mapped out. And I know in the coaching world that could, you know, look like different opportunities and, you know, the gym, as you guys progress, um, you know, you guys are young, you have young family, there's, you know, there's a lot of upsides and downsides to owning, you know, owning the business. And as it grows and becomes profitable, hopefully it's a big contributor to, to your life and to your family. And um, man, I, I wish you continued success there. Um, I hope that we get to check in on you and, uh, and see how it grows, see what the, the progress looks like. Uh, for now, we are out of time. Before I let you go, though, um, if people want to check you out online, uh, look for your competitions because we do have a lot of uh, CrossFitters, uh, owners, box owners listening. Any place people can find you online, give me that info. So um, basically what I have over here is the majority, like you said, Instagram and, and then uh, um, Facebook. It's just tough like CrossFit. That's That's what it is. Uh, you put Tough Out CrossFit over there, either on Instagram or in Facebook, and we'll pull up our gym. It'll be, again, in McKenzie, Tennessee. Um, and we're trying to be able to work on those, making those events and tell share it with everyone. And then for our – we have a website. It's, it's up. We need to probably personalize a little bit more. Uh, but, again, it's www.topflycrossfit.com. It's just basically we're trying to be able to keep it the same across – Awesome. All right, sir. It's been a pleasure having you on today. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me and hello to you about everyone. Awesome, man. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. Thanks for listening. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. Uh, if you're thinking about getting into the business, you know you have the passion and the work ethic. Listen to some more episodes, find the opportunity and do it. The number one thing we hear is people say they wish they did it sooner. Hopefully we're a resource for you. Uh, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.